Frontline Chat with Harry Tangy and Dave Wardell. Here we have Autumn Watch with Finn and Maxie and and an imposter, a burglar. A burglar. Finn, the burglar's behind you. Look at it. See, that's what you need. That is all you need. <laughs> Finn, you moved. You've got to stay either down or up. Either. That's my, my, my cameraman skills are not that good. There you go, guys. An hour of that. That's all you need. That's all you need. Oh, now, now you've ruined it. I have. <laughs> I have. This is it. Sorry, mate. Yeah. You're very, oh. very pretty. Oh, you're very pretty too. Yeah. Oh, thank Thanks. <laughs> Given the donut just before I came on on live, I can't eat it now. <laughs> donut. That's how very stereotypical of you, dear chap. No. No. No, mate, yeah. I, we've got so much to go through at the moment. First of all, first of all, I want to anybody else I wanna got this. I want to show this. Uh, Has yeah, anybody else got this stuff? absolutely yucking it down, <laughs> isn't it? Rubbish. And I was very lucky because I'm going to Exeter tonight, which I wouldn't have been. I would have turned up at an empty do next week because I thought it was next week. And I'm, I, I walked into a, uh, a mate of mine in the woods, as you do. <laughs> Your worships, and uh, and <laughs> and uh, he said, "Oh, you're going to Sean's do tonight." I went, "Oh, tonight!" <laughs> so I'm glad I met him. So yeah, yeah. we're going there tonight. Um, yeah, I hope everyone's been well. I was some little scallywag. Now here's a lesson, everybody. Right? Are you going to play it? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it. This is what happens. Right? Let me just. Uh, let me just move that across there. Production team is very slow again. Hang <laughs> on a minute. Hang on a minute. Right. Um, yeah, basically, this is what happens if you don't lock your car up at night. And oh, I don't know why that's not there. Can you see any of this or not? No, you can't. You can't see nothing. Okay. 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 Apologies. I'll just try that in a minute. Um, yeah, basically, I got my car diddled. Last night, and I stupid. A little bit of uh, um, it, it, it's weird because I, Harry, yeah, yeah. Remember, guys, lock your car up and don't <laughs> leave a jacket in the back of it, um, because that's what people tend to quite like. I don't know why this isn't your lovely this. chavy jacket because you got very defensive about earlier on, didn't you? Someone called, su somebody said super driver's chavy, and I'd not have it, <laughs> certainly not down here, right? Okay, you ready. Right, Betty. The right, my own person. Yeah. All right, here we go. Oh, there we go. This, the Wi-Fi is rubbish today, isn't it? Have you noticed? You were saying that yep. earlier. Yeah. <clears throat> so, like, he's gone into my missus car. She's sensibly locked hers and not left anything on the back seat. Look, he looks like a right little burglar, doesn't he? So I'm trying to be as nice and as appropriate as I possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> It's very difficult. He's now selecting. Luckily, he didn't damage the bloody thing. 
Uh, now he's gone. Oh, look, there's a nice chubby jacket in the back seat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're going to get beaten up for that comment. <laughs> look at him. He looks like a burglar, doesn't he? If ever yeah. he looked like a burglar, he sort of came out with my jacket and then he looked over his shoulder all furtively and went off with the goods. Little sod. What can I say? Absolutely, mate. Absolutely terrible. Right. Mm. Who, who we got? Who we got here with us? We got people, uh, Angie from Leeds, uh, County Durham, Pauline. Hello. Our friend Maria, who was with us tracking and sent work last weekend from Wheels. Boyle. That was a bad Welsh accent, wasn't it? Yeah. Hi from the Isle of Man. You just mentioned that. Yeah, that Island Man, that. I bet that's really, I, I know I know um someone called Avril in the Shetlands. Can you imagine how soggy the Shetlands must be? Most of the year, yeah. <laughs> North I'm well in, wet well in. Do you know what? I'm getting some abuse Wait. from Maria now on at least not a jacket you like. It is chavy. Is it chavy? It's super dry chavy. Sorry, super chai. If you'd like to send me a load of super dry stuff to prove it's not chavy. <laughs> no, no, not on this one. On my other channel. I quite like super dry. I can't afford it, oh, though. No. What do you mean you you're, can't afford you're it? Rich. You're rich. I can't afford super dry. I've got three kids. Drain the life out of my bank account. <laughs> Right, okay. I want to show oh, something now. I came across oh, this. Doggy Suffolk, Shropshire, Somerset. Go on, what do you find? Right, I came across this and um, I thought it would be, I thought this was so sweet. Hang on. Oh no, I just, I've just remembered as well. Do you know what? I'm having a bad day because you can't hear any uh -oh. sound. Nope. Yeah. Can't hear nothing, can't see nothing. No, no. Okay, talk amongst yourselves again. I'm going to un unshare that screen and then I'm going to share it again. Okay, I'm going to share the screen now. Guys, I've just seen, because it's your, basically your daughter who is advertising what she's going to be doing the next day. Uh, for, for uh, Yeah, so here we go. Next share my Saturday. screen. Is it um, next Saturday, is it? Yeah, bless her. Okay. Okay. So I just wanted to show this to people because it's great. Right. Got no sound. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Okay. So next week, starting uh, at 9am on Saturday, I will be starting my lives again. Uh, we will be doing boundary training. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to teach your dog a safe place to be at home or when you're out at a cafe or a pub. Um, so I'm going to be teaching your dog some boundary training, which is basically your dog staying on the bed. Um, oh, she's good, she? She's amazing, bless her. And get wondering at the end. So next week, 9am, I'll be, I'll be doing my live, teaching some boundary training. Yeah. Um, she's a be good there kid. or be square. Every so, Saturday, yeah. she's going to be doing her live, 9am, live on Finn's facebook and instagram i think um doing her dog training live bless her she's 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 great she really what do they is. search for what do they search for it's tia isn't it uh if you look or if you just look under finn's account so fabulous finn okay um and then you'll find it there on, on book face wonderful 
quick update on what I've been doing. I've been doing comms hero. Uh, when you're on there to be on the panel show and you could just see comms hero is basically all the communications in uh, whether whatever business be it in the police the business and we had an hour's discussion on um on the police and i invited uh tom gaymore and nick knowles to come on sophia can and myself there and we had a bit of a chat nick adley should have been there and he tried and but it's the firewalls of every police force in the world they just stop you from doing anything with the outside world like that it's so frustrating so uh anyway so we we missed him unfortunately but yeah it was really really uh good and then i hosted a couple of things i did want to i did want to just put something there which was absolutely brilliant because this um friend o'hara actually summarized it on these things and this is just a few of the things that were said in that is is brilliant for example nick oh, Knowles, wow, you need an authentic voice on social media police officers not social media it or corporates um it was <laughs> they put officers too scared to. this is what i said i think officers too scared to go online but but you know put their head, head above the parapet I must have mentioned. I must have mentioned it's water <laughs> off the duck's back to me, but she mentioned these things in there. There's just loads of stuff. Oh, and then Nick, Nick, I gave an example of having to inform comms the following: if I'm on night shift and say an elephant or a rhino, uh, no, an, an elephant sort of um, escapes from the zoo, I need to, you know, I, obviously tongue in cheek, I send an email to comms like that. And uh, I said, if you don't send it, the, the, the journalist will say, oh, did I hear an elephant? And they search elephant. No, there was nothing because it was actually a rhino. It's those simple things that comms and resources on Twitter need to, to speak to each other. And in the end, Nick said, right at the end, oh, Harry, what, was, uh, what happened to the rhino in the end? <laughs> I said, oh, it turned out to be a kitten. So they've just that's the reason they put that there. <laughs> it's just, so it was a really clever way of, uh, of, well, tell you, of summing I mean, it. Obviously, with with what's happened this week, comms communication between the police and the public is probably more important than it has ever been, if that's possible. Yeah. And I do think it's got to be it's got to be individuals. There's no point having a sticky, beaky um, corporate facade. It's got to be, you know, like Nick Hadley's video that he did yeah. yesterday. You know, absolutely. Ooh, I haven't seen on. it. I'm going to see it. He did the video for it. Brilliant. He I'm going to have a look yeah, at that. about uh, what to do if a cop stops you, um, mm. uh, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, we need people to come out. We need, you know, we've got our guest uh, coming on today and she's um, her, her social media account is wonderful. And actually, she, she yeah. did an open letter uh, a few years ago, didn't she, that started a whole load of things up and went viral internationally. It just shows how important social media is. You know, Finn and I have done our best to break down barriers um, uh, in relation to... Uh, what we've been doing and we're still doing mm. other bits of bobs and actually Tom and I will be hopefully working together on something soon. Um, yeah. Communication between the police and the public has probably never been as important and as, a, uh, and mm. as delicate as it is right now. Well, and that's why I think Comms Hero, that was a week long and had 60 guests, 60 speakers. It's a week long. Yes, it's a paid thing. It's a big event. It's for corporate people and, and what so on. But then I was asked to host one of those. And funny enough, you should mention that. His Chaya Mystery 
who is absolutely wonderful, director of human lead consulting, and really putting the humanity back into business and and getting the corporate out as such, not corporate, but you need you need to have that to a certain level. But it's it's um, a, people want to hear from people, don't they? They want to hear from people and they want to know exactly. Yeah. From the heart, what's happening, so they can relate to yeah. it. And the only other yeah. one I did was, um, uh, and and here with Dr. Kendi Guante. If you can look her up, she's amazing. She's lovely. And this was about that very uncontroversial subject of um, diversity, integration, <laughs> and um, what's the word? I want to use this wonderful word that should go along with it. Um, it's it's basically feeling empowered it's feeling um accepted and that side of things so it's no good just ticking the boxes but it's making and getting the people there it's actually making them feel the part of that department and that is what it's all about but well, she explains again, such uh, a beautiful way as well another key thing i think you know we've obviously our, our guest today andrea mom um coming on in a the, second uh, she she's a a very high-ranking female police officer and there is no mm. doubt that we need more female police officers um, in in the force because surely that's the only way we can bring one of the ways, sorry, one of the many ways we can bring real change to the police force. And yeah. you know, the last few weeks has shown that change is needed, but we should never think that change isn't needed. We should always be uh, evolving. So, yeah, getting these people to feel that they can come in and they can make a difference and it's not... Yeah, yeah, we've got some work to do. <laughs> we really have. I yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it up no longer because I think we've we've uh, we've held back too long as it is. It's um, so this is Superintendent uh, Andrea Quinton. She's part of the Northwest Regional Armed Police Collaboration. Uh, she said she's passionate about caring for her colleagues, and she backs that up because I see her at these police um, support uh, charity events and things like this. Um, and uh, and she's a trustee of the Thin Blue Line UK and has a level seven certificate, diploma in executive coaching and mentoring. It's another thing. It's another people thing, isn't it? And you can see this. It's written all over about her, her interest in people. She's been through. Um, she's been with the police for 30 years, a couple of years as a special for the Greater Manchester Police area and has covered most departments in that time uh, from response, CID and so on and so forth and training. Um, so I think we will. We're welcome. <laughs> Andrew Quinton, how are Hi. you? Hi. <laughs> Good afternoon. Good Hi, afternoon. I'm, I'm loving <laughs> <Can> you... <laughs> I like that. You have to say mom and, and stand and slip. <laughs> uh, I, used answer... <laughs> I used to always answer the phone to uh, to high, uh, higher ranking officers, you know, when they phone me. I think, Mom, standing to attention. <laughs> it's like <at> my desk. <laughs> I'm loving the background there as well. That... Uh, yeah, I have to blame my husband for this. This is my husband's office and this is what he's decorated it in. So, yeah, good. it's bright. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Really. yeah. Hey, I wanted to start off, really. Yeah, we've got to start from the beginning because there's quite a few. <laughs> I mean, initially, I was doing a bit of research, and uh, I've noticed very... you've just read. <laughs> there's no, yeah, there's not a lot of photographs. There's not a lot of photographs of Andrea. So I said, Andrea, could you possibly send us a couple of photographs? She was very brave. She was very brave when she sent us these photographs because, and and I said the only way it would be fair to do that in the interests <laughs> of being accused of bullying and so on and so forth is that we also supply similar photographs 
Okay, so um, so Andrea, this is the best one. <laughs> stand by, stand by, everyone. This is just wonderful. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> I mean that. But then, just to prove I was a real true ginger. <laughs> it is amazing. and look that cheeky cheeky grin as ever as well so i'm just going to actually uh i've got i've, I've got to actually balance that up now haven't i really? um, because uh yeah so dave you sent you sent one didn't you mate um yeah and you said so if you want the childish ones of uh photographs so i've got this one okay um okay here we go and here's finn as a child <laughs> oh that's cheating dave cheating <laughs> that, is, uh, yeah. <laughs> that is cheating but just a <laughs> sense of of not cheating i think is just to bring this one notice i haven't done one of me yet there is oh, look I there's, there's Dave in his little red dress. Look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, okay. All right. There's Dave. <laughs> and that's Jess. And, my God. That's dog. Bless her. And how whose many, dog was that? How many shepherds have you had, Dave? Oh, I don't know. Uh, how many shepherds have we had? Too many to count. I'll come back to you on that one. <laughs> he does need adding up. See, so your wife is in the it? background is like this, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I, I, I'm going to have to cough this one, actually. We'll, we'll do some photographs a bit later as we go along. Uh, this one was... Now, you've got to remember, I was the baby of four, all right? I was the youngest of four, and so they were lacking on baby grows. Um, so, uh, yes, it is pink. It is a pink <laughs> baby grow. You look the same, right. Harry. You, you're, you've got the uh, same... not baby. changed at all. Absolutely. <laughs> you wait till you see the next one. <laughs> oh yeah okay oh uh, okay i'll add i'll add it i'll add the next one from here actually I, if i can remember that oh look look that's you got oh. some that's when i was a special special with mum i'll rattle through these because they're not nearly there that's a good one look at that hairstyle that's a lovely one it looks exactly the same <laughs> <laughs> that's bedhead if ever it was harry <laughs> That's he's still 70s. got that same pose going though. There's a pose of him with his book like that. You've got the same. <laughs> thing. But yeah, just so so you're not let off completely lightly. I think. Um, so we'll just. Oh yeah, this one. This it, see. This is what happens when you get called more. Say, I want a pet. Can I have a pet? And so I, so I got a pet. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? You get a pet seagull, don't you? So anyway, that one. Uh, just. Um, what, when a fishing for a load of goby fish literally was fishing from a barrel um and that was that's how i fed that one up until it flew away one day oh, <laughs> hurrah you did I have know, a friend so... once upon a time harry it's amazing i i, I had uh, i had to pay them obviously clearly <laughs> but yeah that that one i paid him with fish but um andrew actually there are it does get worse for you actually i'm afraid because look you've got now you've got I, I, it was it was good that you were proud of your hair, I think, and you need to show it. It's like, you see a lot of uh, redhead chaps, and they always have red red beards. And I always I always um, I admire that, you know, because they are yes, and proud of it, and absolutely so. Um, but yeah, so fashion uh, was lovely. My I love my red shorts in my picture as well. I think it was just amazing. yes. And look at this. This is wonderful. <laughs> look. So 
start? Where did you start your career? So uh, 30 years ago this month. Um, I was a special for two years before that, but I've got 30 years in this month. Yeah, so so that was 30 years ago. <laughs> you made it. Well done. <laughs> Yay! Well, I don't know. I've not finished this show yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other shows were to I haven't handed your notice in yet, so, you know, anything can happen. <laughs> it's to lull people into a false sense of security, and then we've waited for this big one to reveal it all. <laughs> <laughs> so, Where was yeah, that, what, then? what force was that? Where did you uh, start? So, uh, GMP. I've always been oh, in GMP. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's at Bruce. So Bruce in Warrington, which was our training centre at the time. Blimey. So you've always been with the same force. You never never thought uh, about going No, well, so the job I'm in... No, the job I'm in now is sort of part of um, six different police forces across the northwest region. Um, so I actually work in Cheshire at the minute, but, um, but I'm still oh, part wow. of GMP, so... What's so good about GMP then? Why did you, why did you pick there? I mean, that's controversial at the minute, isn't it? Um, (laughs) 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 It would be really easy for me to say I picked GMP because I lived there. Uh, I did. I lived. I was born and brought up in Manchester, um, in Sale. Um, So obviously, Manchester was my closest one. And they were recruiting, which is always positive, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, no, I do actually apply to the Met as well. But I was 19 when I applied to the Met and um, they didn't let me in. So right. the- that's the same as me. Similar to me. The Met didn't let me in. Um, <laughs> then, and, and then I then I was living oh. in London and uh, applied to Devon and Cornwall. And their first thing they said was, <laughs> we're only accepting applicants from Devon and Cornwall. I'm like, oh! <laughs> 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 so... <laughs> But let me take you back to the specials because I know what attracted me to specials. Yeah. Probably the um, blue lights and the speeding cars and things. But no, what what was it? So you there you are growing up in Manchester, and what was the um, what was the influence on you to, to go um, that direction? It's really interesting because I never wanted to be a police officer. I wanted to be a teacher. Um, my sister wanted to be a police officer and became a teacher, which is a bit bizarre. Um, but yeah, so um, I was at an all-girls school at Stratford Grammar School for Girls. And um, and then in the sixth form, just as we started our A-levels, they merged the boys and girls school, which is always interesting. And they built a purpose-built um, sixth form common block. So consequently, we all started avoiding lessons, never going, just sitting in this common room, having cups of tea and coffee all day. And uh, I met... Um, my a boyfriend there who I then got engaged to and we decided to get married so I left in the middle of my A-levels. <gasps> Controversial <laughs> you met a boy and just dis- I know disposed of your education. <laughs> I threw it all away <laughs> completely. Oh, yeah. My parents didn't throw me but, out. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> Yeah, I was really lucky. lucky. The parents didn't throw me out. They just told me I had to start paying rent. Um, So I worked in various different shops. I worked at WH Smith and I worked at Manchester Airport and I worked at Max Spielman. Uh, But I was really, really, really bored. Um, So bored that I was doing maths GCSE papers or O-level papers as they were then because I'm old um, at night just to keep my head going. Uh, And then I just saw an advert for the specials and I was always speaking with the cops that were at Manchester Airport at the time um, and so I just thought well I'll give that a go see what that's like that should be good fun for a bit of a night out every so often um, <laughs> two years later after spending well over 100 hours a month volunteering for the specials um, I obviously knew that's what I wanted to do so uh, I joined the regulars so yeah I loved my time in the specials and 
as you, Harry, I'm sure, would just recommend it to anyone because it's just a brilliant oh. way of what you're doing. People say, oh, why would you do that for free? I said, well, first of all, there's various reasons why people do it. Yeah. They just want to help the community, help people. It's a really good way of, of going in there and really making an important change parts and giving people confidence to to know that there's a better way, perhaps. Or, But, but they do, but they they need they're probably earning twice as much somewhere else or and they can't afford to leave their work or whatever and no or it was like me it was like an investment anyway it was a fun investment so that I could actually say look I know I'm very young but look I've done the specials for three years you know yeah I I highly recommend it to anyone it was a really good time and a lot of my closest friends now are from the specials um Mm -hmm. and they all went on to join the regulars obviously as as you do so do do tend to interesting you say that you you would recommend it you know you've done 30 years in the job sometimes we can get a little bit bitter as we get <laughs> as we get towards the end I've still got a long way to go um but, you're not no, bitter I wouldn't recognize you bitter Dave no no I love my job you you're know I do loveliness um, all over <laughs> you you obviously joined the police in the uh, 90s the early 90s yeah um, 91 yeah and what I mean, obviously, it's changed a lot since then. But what what was it like for you? What was your experience as you? First oh started? gosh, uh, life on Mars. I think. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was almost unrecognisable from what it is today. Um, I, I I was looking through before, and you know, the first time I walked into a parade room as a special constable, the first mm. comment that was made is, "I'm not going out with that split ass boss." Um, and oh, wow. and. You know, I mean, I was there in my, you know, full length gabardine coat, really useful kit that we were given then as women, um, a full length gabardine coat, my full leather bag that was like this big, um, skirt, tights, skirt. Uh, you know, all the things that you just shouldn't be wearing that, as a police officer. The, the skirts made out of <laughs> like potato hessian <laughs> sack. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, and the clots were even worse because I don't know how they fitted so much material in between your legs on them. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'll let you wear some one day, Harry, and you can see what they feel like. Um, oh, so, yeah. I'll try anything <laughs> once. <laughs> so that was my first experience of walking into a police parade room, and um, I think I can safely say that should never happen now. Um, no. And then when I joined the regulars, the very first thing, obviously, I was given was the brew kit, because you are given the brew kit when you first join the cops. I was yeah. the only female on the group. Um, there was another female who just left, and she'd actually gone to traffic, so she was really trailblazing 30 years ago. Um, mm. And Damn. the first thing I was asked is, are you a bike or a dyke? Wow. So life has changed considerably wow. since I joined the police. Now uh, you we... say that. So can I just ask? Because yeah. I hear from certain places and and even from a friend who's experienced force relatively recently and <clears throat> they were a little bit disappointed. They they said something that and I would peep what it was, but I thought, blimey, I'd never that wouldn't be accepted in my force in Devon yeah. Cornwall. If somebody said something like that, I would I had it and and it sort of it just really confused me. It really disappointed me. But it was just, you know, and where I I don't know I, whether it's different areas, forces, or whatever. Hmm. I do remember as a special going in and feeling very unwelcome and sort of oh god, you know, because at that time it was like oh you're taking our wages, you know, yeah. instead of our overtime they've got you specials coming in, and then it was like why do I want to? And then I sort of clicked with this one section, and I would always go out with that one section. It was great. And then, and then you'd find yeah. yourself sort of saying, or, or you'd get dumped with the unpopular member of the section who didn't know any law. So I knew I had to learn the law pretty quick, especially 
I remember saying, uh, I don't think we can arrest for public order because we're in their lounge at the moment, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, you know, but I remember that that was 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, things well, have improved with specials since, aren't they? They're really. Um, it has. I mean, there are still issues with specials, I, I find. Anyway, I get a lot of people coming to me for the specials because I've always worked with them um and i've always really encouraged them because they do make a real difference to us so um i'm passionate about the specials but yeah they do still get some grief it's not usually about whether we've cut off their pay or anything now um it's much more um just general like we've got to look after them um whereas i see it completely differently i just think well they're, they're highly trained brilliant additions to what we've currently got uh, we haven't got enough police officers anyway um and they do a really good job and they just bring a lot of variety it's so interesting what um, jenny says there doesn't she um jenny's that that is probably yeah. something that was very boringly heard several times yeah, yeah my that, husband that, has that. nothing to do with the police and i'm really proud of that but yeah, yeah, yeah. it is another question you always get asked yeah oh jenny was a cop she's retired a couple of years ago she was a yeah. dog handler for 20 20 odd years so i can imagine when really? she started dog handling 20 you know 20 odd years ago that she there wouldn't have been too many female dog handlers and you know i remember my acc Alison room gifford who's now retired but she she was the first far, female firearms officer i think in the country if not certainly in our region um wow. and I, I love that trailblazing it shouldn't be trailblazing but i do love that <coughs> i've never asked female or expected female police officers to fit in. What they bring, what we all bring individually, is brilliant. They shouldn't oh, have to. I, I tell you, yeah. Dave, I, hopefully I nowadays, yeah. yeah, hopefully nowadays, I, we, we don't ask them to yeah. fit in and be one of the boys. I hope. I hope. No, I, I think, I think... Um, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I was told a comment the other day by a firearms policewoman who who um, had been told that she wasn't allowed to swear because it wasn't ladylike. And and I and I don't think for a minute that the chief inspector meant to be sexist, um, but I just think it's just a comment that um, is that well you're different you're female so you 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 have to act differently and be different. Well, okay, we do, and I think probably what he was trying to say is you don't have to fit in, you don't have to swear, yeah. Um, yeah. but actually, you know, it, it just shows again that he was going to treat that person differently from anyone else, and. Yeah. You know, we get from a diverse police force is the ability to choose the best from a much wider pool yeah, um absolutely. and and so we always get the best so it works for everybody what any yeah. type of diversity no matter what it is there's so I've much got, there's uh, so, go on Dave. I, I, this isn't me saying that she should be that way or she shouldn't be that way but i've got a colleague who i absolutely adore she's wonderful she's one of the best dog handlers i've ever met and I tell you what, if it was a choice of fight, having me in a fight or having her in a fight, you'd have more chance with me. So don't get into a fight with that because she <laughs> yeah. will sort you out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I do remember when I was in Plymouth and there was a female officer and she was very, quite crude, very on the bus and quite shocking to the guys. And yet I knew the real her was a really gentle, sensitive, lovely person. And I remember saying, approaching her, because even one of the guys said, I think she just does it to try to fit in a bit. And I, I, I did, I did approach her about it because we, you know, you get on in it's a small, smallish section. So, well, no, what, twenty-two officers, then. and I had to say, you know, you don't have to do that. Just, just be yourself. And I think um, there are those uh, women that join the force that feel, then I imagine that they feel, oh, I better blend in, keep my head in amongst, and and sort of keep 
keep the criticism away by being one of the lads. But actually, I, I, there's nothing I hate more than a section that is just full of guys because it's like mm. blokey boring. <laughs> you know, let's get a bit of flavour in here. Let's get an alternative thing. And, and, and it is so much better. Yeah, um, we're all just very different people, aren't we? And we all have yeah. different skills and different experiences and things that we love. You know, um, I love going to 999 calls. That, that was what I loved yeah. as a PC. But I had people on my section who loved traffic and I had other people who just loved going out, locking up for crime and, and everything. You know, we're all very different, but we made a brilliant team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I've done my best not to fit in because I must admit, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit different to other people. So it is, like, like you say, Harry, it isn't about being blokey blokey. It's about bringing what you bring um, uh, to, to the job. I do remember many years ago, thankfully, but Gemma, my wife, she came up against some so I don't know if you call it, I guess it is sexism and we shouldn't make an excuse for it, but it was just his old fashioned thinking when she was looking to come back to work after our first daughter was born, the mm. second daughter was born. The uh, inspector at the time said, shouldn't you be at home looking after the kids? And of course, he would never have dreamt of saying that to me as her other half. And we do split everything. You know, I, we, we both look after after the children one's always at home one's always at work yeah. but you just you yeah. felt I mean, even back then we felt gobsmacked that he couldn't see that there was something wrong with what he was saying but it was a long time <clears throat> is this a generation then that's falling off the end is the new generation like mm. that because i've heard some terrible things from that young people have said and i'm thinking well where are they getting this from i thought they would be the most politically correct sensitive you know um people generation coming through but it's sort of Something happens. I'd love to know where it is um, that we need to get right right to the beginning. Is it school? Is it parents? Is it they learning from their parents that, you know, is it how long does it take to get through? But it, it's shocking to hear that it still um, is happening. But again, in yeah. my force, I don't think I was that naive that it was all going around me and I didn't know. But I did want to say very quickly, actually, Andrew, because... Uh, fe uh, female officers or women officers in specialist departments. One said something very interesting to me. She says, um, because I knew as a firearms officer, I would be in training and I'd be up the front. And if I messed up, it was like, ah, oh, okay, everyone knows, everyone messes up now and then. Uh, you're a firearms tactics commander, weren't you? Oh, I still are, aren't you? I think, Andrew. So yeah. you're well aware of the pressures involved with that training and that side of things. And, and yet um, a woman said to me, the thing is, not only do they think, oh, look, the sergeant's messed up. Should they be a sergeant? Like was my fear. It was, oh, are they thinking? And she actually said, I don't even know if they are. But are they thinking, oh, there you go. It's a woman. Yeah. With a gun. Well, so, um, and, and it's still there, isn't it? And we call it imposter syndrome, don't we? I think a lot of the oh, time. Yeah. But, you know, um, when I got the job that I'm currently doing, um, I had to have uh, do a presentation and have an interview with a deputy chief constable, an assistant chief constable, and a superintendent. And um, and when I got the job, I, I was shocked. <laughs> but then the first person to speak to me was a male colleague who said to me, well, you know you've only got the job because they needed a female. Mm. And that was two years ago. <laughs> oh, so yeah. It is still vastly out there, and it's no wonder we still feel like that because – that is still there and we still get that comment all the time. So, um, yeah, we constantly are fighting it. And I think it's really hard for us to sit and say, um, you know, I don't understand how black people feel. Um, but my friend, um, you know, her husband is black and he says that when he walks down the street, women cross the road, physically cross the road to avoid him. 
Um, and he's been a police officer for 30 years. Uh, one of the nicest people I could ever wish to meet. And, and I thought, my goodness, I can't ever experience that. Because that's probably never going to happen. God, I don't think I look that scary. Although maybe in the middle of the night I do. Um, but, you know, I don't think I look that scary. So um, I'll never feel it. And it's really hard for us to understand what, what people feel from all these diverse groups because we're not in them. Yeah. 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 Uh, here's a good good question from David Williams. Not in Williams. David Williams. Sorry. Uh, yeah. David Williams. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, so he did seven yeah. and a half years in the specials at GMP from yeah. 1982, started with E Division, then A, but he was welcomed and regular uh, yeah. officers wanted to pair up with us once you had yeah. got stuck in. And that's the key thing. Once yeah. you got stuck in and proved yeah. you were not just there to wear a uniform, you were actually of use. It was like, oh, I'll have them. Absolutely. I used to get I used to work in Town Centre when I was in the specials and in Max Spielman. And I used to get cops coming in saying, Andrea, we're really short tonight. Can you come out? Um, and that's because they knew that I, I would just back them up and I would be there to support them. So, yeah, absolutely. It's got yeah. to be for the right reasons. But hopefully yeah. that's the same for everybody. It's, it's, it's about proving yourself. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, it's, you know, proving that you'll do the paperwork, that you'll, you, yeah. you know, you'll be there to support your mates. If one of them presses a panic button, you'll be there. It doesn't matter whether you're male, female, black, white, straight, gay whatever it, it is policing is about getting stuck in i remember talking to a friend of mine she was in the police she joined the police i think in the in the 70s and like you said andrew when she walked into the parade room um as a regular they said i'm not i'm not taking the plonk out with me i'm not sure what plonk means and i yes. hope it isn't uh, isn't a nasty thing well it clearly it is a nasty thing but not rude um but and she she took it on the chin and she she kind of expected because back then things were different and, but she did. She did get stuck in and she ended up being, you know, being a, a detective sergeant and running a really busy crime squad in the end. So before she before she um, she she retired. But, um, yeah, my, my wife's a, a cop. She's a way better cop than I will ever be. Um, and, and I've worked with some incredible um, people again, gay, straight, black, white, male, female. So for me, it isn't about. What and Cornish, Dave. Cornish, and Cornish. Cornish. Well, you didn't work yeah. with me, but you... <laughs> we don't know whether you were any good, though, Harry. I, I was atrocious. Honestly, <laughs> I was atrocious. Honestly, don't you annoying people who know... Oh, look, that, oh, look, that car, that was on briefing uh, two and a half weeks ago, ABC123, oh, and you're like, how do you do that? Like, you know, yeah. it's just... Gemma's, Gemma's like that. She's, she's brilliant. She's but, so yeah, annoying. I do well, think there's something to be said, isn't there, for um, there, there's a couple, you know, when uh, competency related pay came out years ago yeah. and, uh, and they tried to sort of um, that the aim of that, I always think, was to give people, uh, you know, PCs um, extra money because they're so brilliant. And, you know, there's a number of people in, in my career who I've met who've been PCs all the career. Some of them have yeah. tried to go up to sergeant and just come back again. <laughs> Um, because they just love doing the job of being a police officer and they should be paid far more than I've ever been paid. You know, yeah. they, they absolutely should be. Um, they just, and, and we really miss that. You know, we, we miss that opportunity, don't yeah. we? The only way of getting more money is to be promoted. But actually, our best cops are PCs all well, the time. Uh, um, I remember who, who it was who was saying. It might have been someone like Elon Musk or someone like that. And he said that he looks for the person that's incredible in their role 
and prevents them for, from going for promotion by giving them mon the money they yes. deserve yeah. in that role because he could yeah. never find someone to replace that person. They're absolutely yeah. top of what they do. Absolutely. Um, but, but in the police, we don't do that. <laughs> we, just, <laughs> oh, we try. We try. We don't do I do want to ask you because you've gone into the operations side. So for everyone, our operations used to used to include helicopters. It's it's but it's dogs, it's cars, it's it's um, ARVs, firearms. It's and I remember uh, our superintendent Pennington was overheard to say on a. He said, "I've just been given the biggest toy box in the world." He, said, <laughs> <laughs> He's, he retired a while ago. He was a very popular man. Um, so, but you, you used to like going to the nine 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 calls. You said, and that oh, is all the it's the action stuff. It's the yeah. stuff out there. Is that, is that what drew you towards operations, or what? or what? Yeah. Oh, a combination, really. It's a combination of, yeah, you know, who doesn't like putting the blue lights and sirens on and going to a job and getting there first and dealing with it and dealing with whatever's in front of you and having that complete shock of not knowing what you're going to, no idea what you're going to. It's, it's just fantastic. Um, but then, you know, Spec Ops is just a world where, like you say, it is the biggest toy box. I get paid to go and watch firearms officers do tactics and I get to join in. Um, you know, I, I was talking the other day about saying I want to go and do the the, the dog training where I get yeah. sleep on my arm and go and do that. You know, what, who doesn't want to do that? And the, ring, the thing about policing is, what I've always said is, I've never done the same job more than two years, ever. I've, I've always been able to move on and develop and role and do something different. And, and where else do you get to do that without ever leaving the security of the job that you're in? You know, it's just a fantastic opportunity for everybody. And and why do I stay in operations? You know, honestly, genuinely, the people are the best in the world. Um, don't get me wrong. They are loads of fun, loads of fun in downtime. Brilliant, fantastic people to be with, a really good laugh, do loads of jokes. But, you know, when it, when the mess, when the job's on, they just switch on, like, instantaneously. That, that is so, fam <clears throat> so familiar because I've, I've sat next to many a uh, TFC, Tactical Farms Commander, which would be exactly like yourself. And... Um, there was a couple of the couple of female officers in Devon and Cornwall, and they, uh, along with the guys, I've got to say, we were they were a cracking bunch. And there was nothing. I, I often thought, oh, I want to be the one in the hedge and the one jumping out of cars. And I became farms tactics advisor, and sitting with you guys, actually looking at the whole thing, and then the TA would give the options available and possibly every sort of this contingencies, this sort of thing. And it's like a big board game. And you're doing that and you think, okay, but what about, ah, oh, what about the children of the victim? Yeah. Should we, yeah, we need to get those located, but we haven't got any armed officers. So who should we use? Is it safe enough to use an unarmed? Yes, we'll do it. It's a project. And it's there. And then you get, right, they're going through the door. Okay, ready? Okay, stand by. And we're like, oh, it's so exciting. <laughs> it is, is it? Does this Very sort of familiar to you? Frightening. Frightening. I mean, um, it's funny, I, I, I didn't even know I was, well, I did know I was being filmed, but my very first firearms job was was the one that was screened on The Detector recently. Um, oh. uh, so if you can imagine, I went home at two in the morning, having just finished getting the authority off the SFC. The job was at five, so I was getting up again at four to come back in. Uh, very first job ever. And they said to me, by the way, you're going to have a full film crew with you. <laughs> and I'm like, really? And, and then I've got a whole host of um, counter-terrorist um sfos so you know i've got a whole host of covert police officers working with me who clearly don't want anything to do with the filming so i've got to yeah. manage all of that as well and then there's a film crew well you know i'm doing this briefing thinking well it can only go one way really um but the minute they went through the door i'll never forget honestly i was literally just like 
please, 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 yeah. yeah, and then when you get the update, not only have I got the two people you wanted, but I've got the firearm, um, yeah. and I've got some of the jewellery that was from the job. Then, you know, you're just like, oh, that's absolutely brilliant. Oh. And if you listen to the show, you will hear me swear just before I say, that's a really good job, well done. <laughs> when's, that, when's that on? When's that on, Andrea? Oh, it's been on. It was on earlier this year, but there was only, I think, three episodes played because there's a couple of cases that are still at court. Um, right. so yeah, but I didn't even know when it was going to be on, so it just it was on BBC One, I think. Okay, and it's or called BBC the detectives. Two, maybe it's called the detectives, yeah. And it's it's right. all of GMP, it does follow some brilliant detectives in GMP. Uh, and my is just one little tiny part of it, but um, right, yeah. I'm just gonna move you on to the charity because it's very clear that you're not okay. only passionate about. <laughs> Uh, what you do, but you're passionate about your officers, and clearly with that comes, um, you know, being passionate about their their well being. So, how did all that sort of start for you? Um, okay, so um, if you remember, about six years ago, uh, Dave Phillips was murdered in Merseyside, um, and he was run over when he was putting a stinger out uh, for a stolen vehicle. Um, and I was just, um, I don't know, I was incensed. I was really angry. Um, really, really angry that somebody could think that, you know, um, a punctured tyre was worth killing a police officer for. I, I, I just found it incredible. And so I went for a run, which I don't do. I don't run. But I did go for a run. <laughs> and then I came back and that's when I wrote the open letter to the public, which was one of its first of its kind, really. Um, and after it had gone viral, I phoned up my uh, senior leadership team to say, oh, shit, I think I've just um, <laughs> just got the cat out of the bag and I've just written this letter and it's coming back to me from Hong Kong and Australia. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> just to say, you know, we're, we're human beings. Uh, we're human beings we're individuals with families we've got children yeah absolutely those two little girls you know watching those two little girls go and put the flowers at, at the side where he died I, I just it, I was so angry um, and so I wrote that open letter and I put it on the Thin Blue Line UK Facebook page um, and obviously because it went viral I became a large part of that with Gary who set it up after Nicola and Fiona. So um, we did a ball in Edinburgh um, and then he asked me to come on board and I helped him with a ball in Northern Ireland, which was one of the first of its kind because, I mean, gosh, we think we've got it bad over here, but the officers in Northern oh, Ireland genuinely are still checking their cars every day. For, I, was for on a course, I was on a course recently and they had uh, up in Brighton and they had the, the, uh, a board with all the police officers they've lost in yeah. Northern Ireland. Yeah, it's just... And even now, you know, it's really hard for them. Um, and then I helped him. Uh, with it. Then we ran the ball in Manchester, which obviously Harry came to. That's the one I met Harry at. So, um, yeah. yeah, so we started off by raising money initially, giving it to people like Police Care UK and COPS and um, the police treatment centres for the last one. Um, but now we're just uh, still a very small charity. We're just looking at raising awareness, really, around the mental health of police officers. Remember, I wrote in at the end of my book that I, you know, PT, I, I work with a lot of people who mm. see some dreadful things day in, day out, and they go from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. And there was a stat that came out, wasn't there, a few weeks ago about the average person will be involved in four to six traumatic incidents, and the police mm. officer will be involved in 400 to 600. 
Um, and I think yeah. that really does hit home. And I wrote in my book that I thought PTSD in policing would be a real issue yeah. in the coming right. years. because we're, And only really now are we properly starting to talk about it. And it's great to see that the military, although they still need to do more themselves, they really have taken the lead on it. But mm. I think our PTSD needs to be looked at individually on its own because it is very yeah. different to the military yeah. PTSD, um, P, you know, style of PTSD that they suffer with, because you do never get away with uh, from it. You are, you are, you know, it's the battleground, isn't it, for, for for army or the training? But for us, you live in that battleground and you you yeah. live in that training, so you never get away from it. And I think it it, it does need to, to be a lot more, and there will be a lot more work done into how you can help cops if we want 30-year cops how you can help cops through a 30-year career seeing all the things that um that they're gonna see and, yeah. and you did a post something about um uh in, about mental health about you know actually talking about it and realizing that we all have mental health sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad yeah. sometimes it's okay sometimes it's amazing but we all <laughs> have mental health yeah we do, and I think um, we're, we're a lot better now, aren't we? We do talk about it. We encourage other people to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but we do still have um, a lot of reticence about it. You know, certainly, even in firearms, it was discussed recently at a meeting, you know, um, if a firearms officer says, I just don't feel it today, I just don't feel capable today of going out with a firearm. Well, do they lose their ticket yeah. altogether? Or actually, is it just a thing for that day? And then what's it like if they then go to a job and end up at a hearing? Um, we're just in a very unique position, aren't we? It's really difficult. And the jobs we deal with, we deal with again and again and again and again. It's not just that we go to one and we have a one-off incident. You know, it's just a continuous um, process of the stuff that we go to you know mm. I, I spent a weekend of literally just going to people killing themselves by jumping into rivers in the summer you know mm. and 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 it was just like one after the other after the other on a bank holiday weekend and it, it yeah. it's just you know when you're dealing with the family and the trauma and the friends and everything else that goes with that it, it does you do take it home with you yeah yeah, you do. Yeah, absolutely, you do. And what? And you get normally you're on straight on to the next job. I, we, I mean, yes. me, me and my dog found someone the other day, and sadly it was too late. Um, and the family <coughs> and the, all converged on it, and you were lit, and you drove away from, you know, yeah. their, their lives being absolutely shattered, and you were able to to just drive away. But then, of course, you're called to the the next yeah. job and the next job, and eventually you've got to find time to sit and deal with it. And I don't mind admitting that that guy did come and visit me at about three o'clock in the morning the following day. It was just, yeah, you know, one of those things. We knew we knew we couldn't have done anything better. We couldn't have got there any quicker. And he actually meant it, and um, he'd obviously got the conclusion that he wanted. Mm -hmm. um, and once you sort of do your best to try and park it then you do you do move on but we do see some some horrible things what are your hopes for for your charity oh <laughs> um it's still really young so um i think we have to find the, our niche um a little you know what is it that isn't already out there you know um I, I, there was two police officers who who have committed suicide in the past few months that i know of um, and, you know, there are there is no charity currently that looks after their family. Um, they specifically exclude people who who have lost their, their loved ones in that way. So, you know, maybe that there's just little things out there, little niches. Uh, but we just need to make sure that um, 
what we, what we want to do is to just share as much as possible around what is out there for people with mental health, make sure that people are really, really being encouraged to talk about it and just raising the awareness really of what is likely to trigger it because we just don't always realise what's going to trigger it. And sometimes when someone's triggered by something small, it will be because of something that's happened way back when. So it could be that someone goes to a domestic and suddenly they collapse in a heap at the police station. You don't know why, but actually it's because they've suffered years of domestic abuse. And, Mm. you know, so it's just being really alive to it. And and, and we've all got a responsibility to do that. And that's that, that I've, I've heard that far too often. And just because police are police officers doesn't mean they're not suffering from domestic abuse, that side of things. I've, I've, I've heard it from people and, uh, it's staggering. You just think you assume that they're, you know, authoritative and take charge and this sort of thing. But uh, manipulation and coercion is is a very powerful actually, thing. Yeah. Actually, if, if on that vein, and I'm, I'll try not to get controversial, but on that vein, you know, if it's got to that point where police officers are going home to to cause domestic violence, <laughs> surely we've missed something. Sure, surely I'm thinking the. Missed... I, I'm thinking yeah. if they were victims, Dave, of it. Well, and yeah, but yeah. even even perpetrators. They were victims of it. This is what I mean. Yeah, well. I mean, yeah. Because... Yeah, but you know, uh, GMP did a fantastic, um, a fantastic series a few years ago. Um, not a series on telly, a series for us actually, as, for us as learners, um, where it was all all of the victims that spoke to every single seminar. Um, were victims of domestic violence, but they were also detective superintendents, detective chief inspectors. They were male, they were female, they were gay. And and the impact on everybody in GMP at that time was huge, absolutely huge, because these were our colleagues who, you know, we had worked with day in, day out for years and didn't know. Um, And so, you know, if we, the, the thing is, I suppose, it's just an awakening, isn't it? If we're like that and we don't see it in our closest colleagues who we work with for 10 hours a day, then how can we expect to turn up to a house to the very first time someone's called the police for a domestic and expect to get their life story? You know, it's it's not going to happen. So it's just, be, again, it's just being alive to those things, isn't it? The more we yeah. learn, the better we become. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Jill says something there, just um, slightly off. Uh, a lot of people think this. Police officers need to be seen more on foot patrols, not whizzing yeah. back in the car. Unfortunately, Jill, um, uh, it was hard enough before they took a whole load of well basically defunded the police and took a whole load of people away and what you'll find there's there's often the case that there's outstanding immediates it's a bit like you know the 999 calls and it's a bit like ambulances you know that you, you could wait quite a while for an ambulance now because of the level of calls um and uh, there's just not enough people so oh my goodness there's many a police officer would love to do foot patrol yeah. um I, I do agree with you what i will say is i was neighborhood i know you've done neighborhoods as well andrea I was neighbourhood um, 15 or more years ago and I did do, used to do a lot of foot patrol and I had a really, really good team of PCSOs. Again, another one of those resources yeah, that, that sometimes yeah. get a bit of slack, but flack, but they're incredible. Mm-hmm. And my wife works with a whole bunch of incredible PCSOs and they do a hell of a lot of foot patrol. You still get people say, and I still used to get people say, well, I never see you doing foot patrol. And I think... Well, that's because you're in your box. You're in your little box. You're yeah. living, room, living room at the back of the house and you don't see me walk past, but I am there. Well, this, is, this, this is true, though, Dave. This is true, though, because I was driving through um, a new town that Prince Charles has built up 
um, uh, Lansleden, and it's near Newquay. It's beautiful. I mean, it's lovely because it's all different, and it's, it's he, he doesn't just go for cheap. He goes for quality and and something good. But you do go through, and there's a, there's cars parked there, but there's not one person about because people are in on the internet. They're not walking, bustling around for the see their neighbours going round and see. Yeah, I I, I I get that, but I do agree with that. I mean. I, you know what I always say to police officers, especially new ones, uh, you know, it's a massive confidence boost if you can walk down the street and deal with anything that comes in front of you. Yeah. You know, when you're in a police car, you can drive past someone that's waving and whether <laughs> they're waving at you to say hi or whether they're going, please help, you know, yeah. you can drive past. Um, whereas I think for, to build the confidence of new police yeah. officers by being on foot patrol in a city centre where you can't avoid people and you have to talk to them is oh, immense. Yeah. You yeah. know, the benefits of it are huge. So, That's a very good um, point. but yeah. you're absolutely right. It's really difficult for us to do that with the numbers that we've got. And, you know, my my area, and someone mentioned um, the E Division before in, in Manchester. That's where I started as a, as a full-time police officer. And my beat there used to have um, upwards, up towards 40 police officers in the area with two dog handlers and a traffic officer. Um, and then when I policed it as an inspector, just five or six years ago, um, I paraded on a Friday night with two police officers. That was it. And it was the same area. Um, yeah. You know, so it, <laughs> we are massively in a position where we just haven't got enough police officers, but it, it is hugely mm. beneficial. Yeah, good. Okay, um, I'm going to just... Way. Your um, Twitter page, I suggest people <laughs> have a look at that. Um, you've got quite a few followers there, haven't you, actually? Because... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> For not being funny, the higher up the rank you get, the more difficult it gets because, yeah. you know, it tends to be, you're an ops, aren't you? So you're doing really good stuff. You're not just doing policies and stuff. <laughs> like that. I'll try to do that. <laughs> <laughs> accounts can do policies. <laughs> and, and what, um, and yeah, I was just being absolutely brilliant. What I want to remind people before they go is if they, um, f first of all, yeah, to get, to get that Twitter, that's uh, Andrew's Twitter is, ACQ91 is nearly as uh, as catchy as my DCARVSGT one, which was and now is EXARVSGT. <laughs> we, do, we don't think of these things at the time, but it's sure. To the point, we know what it means, don't we? Or you do. Uh, yes, 91 is obviously the year I joined, so that's the first bit. Yeah, right. Okay. That's okay. I'll let okay. you guess what my middle initial stands for. Oh, Charlotte. Is it? Oh, oh I'm not going yeah. there. No. Caroline. Yeah, Caroline, I reckon. Carol. Caroline. I might tell yeah. you offline. <laughs> Is it Cynthia or an S or a C? I don't know. Uh, okay, we're running out, running out of time here. But um, please, you can see uh, Frontline Chat on um, on stage, basically, with Dave Wardell and myself uh, in Chester. And that's on the cool, 10th that? of November. Um, and tickets are out. If you just... Um, if you uh, uh, just search for Story House Chester, um, and it's called we're called Cops and Comedy, um, so it's going to be a really good night because Arthur Smith is going to be doing a routine afterwards, but he's also mixing around us, and we've also got Ian Paulson Davies, who was a previous Frontline Chat um, uh, guest. So that's really good. We're, I tell you, we're going to have a hell of a time, aren't we, Dave? Hey, so, I hope we can meet you. Can I meet you on that day, Dave? Oh. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, that's it. So. You brilliant. You you coming to that one, Andrew. You very yeah, kindly promoted it for us. 
Um, and just to let you know, for anyone, if you actually do for the next couple of days, if you do a tweet with hashtag, hashtag frontline chat, you get a, a free couple of tickets. All right. So uh, we'll select someone for a pair of free tickets with the hashtag. Hashtag. I can't say it, Dave. Frontline <laughs> chat. It'd be good to see people. Andrew, it's just been <laughs> phenomenal. It's been amazing oh, to have you, you here. Thank you. I think it's been <laughs> You've been very good It's been really serious topics um, to, uh, discussed, which I think is really important as well, and, and to see it from perspective. Last word, what would you say to someone to say, I'm thinking of joining, male or female, um, and maybe a different answer for each, I don't know, but uh, I'm thinking of joining, but I'm just not sure because there's so much negativity in the press at the moment. Um, the media are one thing, but actually the support from the public and the support from inside, this is the best family you will ever join. It's the best job you will ever do. Uh, it's a great variety and absolutely never be put off by what the media say. I can't Just say anything more than that. <laughs> Goodbye all. Bye, take care. <laughs> Stay online for a few seconds, okay?